Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Please be seated. We are going to break bread together this morning. How wonderful. And um, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, introduce one of our two themes for this autumn, which is a, a kind of a mini-series called Why Do We Do That? Why do we do that? We, we thought it would be great to just consider some of the things that we regularly do and practice and believe in and, and just stand back a little bit and, and, and say, well, why do we do that? So um, this is an occasional series. I've got a few things in mind, but let's just start with this. Why do we, why do, we do this? Um, perhaps some of what we've sung this morning and considered begins to fill out some answers to that question. Why do we do that? Um, we often refer to this as breaking bread, which is kind of half of it, isn't it? Um, otherwise, we, we, some people call it the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, Communion, Holy Communion, uh, all those um, valid ways of describing Uh, describing this, and I'd like to turn you, first of all, to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians was written uh, in chronological order, was written before the Gospels were written, certainly before uh, Matthew, Luke, and John were written, and in that sense is the, it's one of the earliest descriptions of this this table, this supper, this, this event that we're coming to this morning. So, just like to pray, Lord, would you help us this morning to see more? Would you bring revelation, Lord, this morning to us, to help us to appreciate some more of why, why you've asked us to do this, why we do this, Lord? That the, the table this morning, the bread and the wine, the, the event, the moment, the, this powerful, significant time in the life of your church will be more real, more, uh, more pregnant with all its meanings, Lord, to us this morning than ever before, Lord, we pray. Amen. I did just stand there as we were worshipping, thinking, this is... This is so small what I'm going to share compared with everything. I don't know about you, but I've, all the time I've been a Christian. Um, it's a bit like baptism, which I'll, I'll, I'll twin with this in a moment. You understand more of it the more you see it. In this case, the more you do it. You only do, your, do baptism once. But, but the more you think about it, you kind of see more each time, don't you? There are so many ways of, of expressing this. And um, in that sense... What I'll share will, will just be a small thing, but it's something of why we do it. So in 1 Corinthians 11, um, Paul starts, we'll, we'll pick it up in verse 23, just a short reading here. But he, his opening words are fascinating, aren't they? I received from the Lord. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't around the table at the Last Supper, but he received this from the Lord. He knew what had happened. I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, 
gave thanks, broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink, uh, drink it, a uh, big pardon, and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We could have picked this up in Matthew, in Mark, or in Luke. You'll find Luke is very similar to, to, to uh, Paul in the way he describes this. Um, and I just want to say that the first reason we do this is because he is Lord. Because he's Lord, because we love him, and because he's commanded us to do it. In John's Gospel, John 14 and verse 15, John 14 and verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will will keep my commandments. Well, as I read this, this is a commandment. Do this in remembrance of me. And we love him. So we do what he's asked us to do. We do what he's told us to do. We do, um, as it says at the beginning of the book of Acts, we do what he's ordered us to do. Also in John 15, in verse 10, he says, if you, com- if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my father. I want to remain in his love, don't you? I want to abide in him and remain in him. And in 1 John, just to make that link to our other our other focus at the moment, in 1 John 5 and verse uh, 3, it says, for this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. Now his commands are not a burden. So very simply, and I could probably end it here, why do we do this? Because he told us to. (laughs) Because he's Lord. Because we love him. Because he's instructed us to do that. And, And that is very valid. But But I want to just consider three specifics. These are amazing, amazing, sensational reasons why we do this. Okay, and the first is is, um, mentioned in the passage we read. We do this because it's an act of remembrance. Remembrance. Jesus says twice, um, as Paul as Paul writes for us, do this in remembrance of me. It's a powerful, it's a God-ordained, it's a God-filled act of remembrance. And the word he uses is a a word, it only occurs a few times in the Bible, it means to call to mind. It's It's not like a memorial. It's not in case we forget Jesus. It's to call to mind everything that he is and has done for us. It's it's a deliberate recollection. Um, The word means to do something so that you better appreciate, better in, in a better way, appreciate the effects or the results of what happened. We're going to 
remember, do something in remembrance to recall something this morning, and in doing so, to better appreciate the results of what Jesus has done for us. This word, um, remembrance, anamnesis, it, it is to be reminded, it's not to forget, it's to recall, to bring the past into the present. That's a great way of thinking about it. This is to bring the, the first supper and all that surrounded that, which we'll come on to in a moment, right into the presence, right into the present. Jesus is Lord of the past, Lord of the present, Lord of the future. And in this time at the table, we, we kind of, we bring past, present, and future all into a moment of time this morning. Looking back, considering the present, looking forwards. It says, do this until I come again. There's something, something about the future in this. But at this table this morning, we're bringing all these things into the present. It means to, to awaken the mind. I trust our minds will be awakened this morning. In the Amplified Bible, this, this, this verse, uh, do this in remembrance of me, it says, do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. Trust you'll receive this morning and, and you'll call Jesus affectionately into your remembrance. It's a recall um, but it's not just to remember that fateful Thursday night around the table there where Jesus, it, it happened on the night he was betrayed. We're not just remembering that last supper. We're not just remembering what happened on the Friday, the crucifixion, the execution of Jesus, the, um, the burial of Jesus. We're not even just remembering what happened on the Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus. I want to suggest to you that this, this morning that, that what we're remembering, and those things are right at the heart of it. We sang this morning, our salvation is in his blood. That is obviously at the core of what we're remembering this morning. He saved us because of his death, because of his resurrection, we're saved, praise God. But I want to suggest to you this morning that that what we are to remember, to recall, to be in remembrance of this morning is the whole sweep and spectrum of his mighty, magnificent ministry. Here's a little um, picture to help us think about this. We are remembering his life. He came. He came from heaven to earth. And we remember his life on earth. We remember his death. He descended, not just from heaven to earth. He descended into the ground. He died. And he was raised again. Hallelujah. We remember his resurrection. But then he commissioned the disciples. We're to remember that this morning. Yeah. And then he ascended into heaven. We're to remember his ascension this morning. And he has a present ministry. His ministry hasn't finished. He's forever interceding for us. We remember that this morning. And he's coming again. And we're to remember that this morning. This is an act of remembrance of his whole ministry from the very, well, it doesn't really have a beginning because there's an eternal start point and an eternal end point. But in between, Jesus has, has come and lived and died and been raised, and then commissioned us 
and then ascended and is currently interceding for us and will return again. Praise God. This morning, let's not be people who simply remember his death. We don't have a, a cross with a, with a man on it. Let's not even be those who simply remember that he died and rose. The, the cross is empty, but there's more. He's commissioned us. He's ascended. He's sent his spirit to empower us. He's always praying for us. And he's most certainly coming back. And I want to say to us this morning, all these things are here at the table. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, I believe he wants to remember all of this. He wants us to remember all of this. It is a time of remembrance. And then secondly, it's a time of, I always feel it's a time of recommitment. That as I remember these things, I, I want to reflect in my own life and ask whether my life represents him as it should, as it could, ask whether I'm living in the good of all of it, and then recommitting myself to him. Time of recommitment to a life that embraces all of his ministry. Am I living as he lived? Am I, am I living for others? Am I living self-sacrificially? He laid his life down for his friends. It's the greatest act of love. Do I do that? Do I lay my life down? Am I living as he lived? Am I living to please the Father? Am I living in step with the Spirit? Am I living like he lived? Have I died to sin? Is he Lord of all in my life? Have I renounced my old ways? Have I put old things behind me? Have I crucified old bad habits and sinful ways? Is my life bringing glory to him? Do I need to put anything right with him this morning? And, and elsewhere, Paul really brings that emphasis, doesn't he? Come, we come in the right way this morning. We must come having examined ourselves. Am I living a resurrection life? Paul talks in Romans 6 about the new way of life. This is so powerful, isn't it? There's a new way of life for us. A resurrection life. Am I living in the good of it? Am I relying on my own strength? Or am I letting his new life fill me and, and work its way out through me? Am I fulfilling his great commission? That's, that must be why I'm still alive. Am I living for the lost? Am I sharing my hope? Am I telling my story? Have I embraced all that his ascension means because it's when he ascended that he poured out his spirit and gave gifts to the church am I living in the good of that am I, am I uh, living under his headship he's ascended I think Diana read the verses far above all rule, all authority all, every name, every, every dominion am I living in the good of that am I eager and hungry and open for more of his lordship in my life do I, do I live with the thought that he's always interceding for me? Do I, do I start my week knowing Jesus is, Jesus is praying for me this week? What a wonderful thought. Jesus is interceding for us, even right now. You're going to be coming to this table. He's praying for you. 
He's interceding. He's, he's in between you and the Father, as it were. He's, he's an in-betweener. He's, in, he's an intercessor. Am I prepared and preparing for his return? Am I keeping short accounts? I remember seeing Billy Graham years ago on the, on the Terry Wogan show. Terry Wogan. Remember Terry Wogan? And he used to have a, he used to have a talk show on television, didn't he, I think? And, and Billy Graham was on, and, and he said to Billy Graham, if you knew Jesus was, was going to come back, Billy Graham was talking about Jesus' return, he said, if you knew he was coming back tomorrow, what would you do today? And I guess if the question was asked for us, we'd, there might be a few things we need to sort out before tomorrow. And, Terry, and, and Billy Graham just got his diary out, and he said, well, I've got this, I've got this. His point being, I'm, I'm, I'm living ready for him to come back. I don't have to rush around sorting stuff, apologizing here and tying loose ends up there. My, I'm ready for his return. I was really challenged by that. Am I living ready for his return? Am I dealing with my own spots and wrinkles and blemishes? I think a commitment to him, a recommitment to him, is a, is a commitment to embrace all of his ministry and see it working in my own life. And the third thing, um, it's a time of rendezvous. Uh, I was so blessed to get the word rendezvous into a message. Yeah. Um, I, I love the fact there, there, are, there are, I can think of at least four dimensions of his presence. He's omnipresent. So we, we, know, we know God is present everywhere all the time. He's omnipresent. And then, wonderfully, we know there's an indwelling presence and he lives within us. Yeah. He's present within us. And then, and then Jesus says, whenever two or three of you are gathered, I'm with you. There's, there's not only his omnipresence, there's not only his indwelling presence, there's, there's what we might call his, um, his gather, when we gather he's present, there's a gathered presence. And there's a manifest presence when we become, become very conscious and aware of his presence. But here's another dimension of his presence. I believe we come to this table, we meet him here. It's like a rendezvous. We meet with him again. Why do I say that? Not, not because we believe he's physically present in bread and wine. But I do believe it's more than symbolic. If, as Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 11, some were sick, some had even died prematurely because they'd not approached the table properly, they hadn't had due appreciation of the body. If, if that could be true, then surely the opposite is even more true. There is power here. There's healing. There's a, there's a cup of blessing. It's not just a symbol. We can meet him here. And we can come to give to him ourselves afresh. And we can come to receive from him afresh. It is a time of remembrance. It's a time of recommitment. And it's a time of rendezvous. Let me just finish by reading those verses in Corinthians from the message. The paraphrase, it says this. Let me go over with you again, exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it's so centrally important. 
I received my instructions from the Master himself and passed them on to you. The Master, Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. And having given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. The cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. And each time you drink this cup, remember me. And what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the Master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns you must never let familiarity breed contempt. And Lord, this morning as we come to the table, we don't want to be over-familiar with this in any way whatsoever. And to pray it will be a powerful time of meeting you, your presence in and around this table, Lord, we pray. Thank you, you live everywhere. We thank you, you're omnipresent. We thank you, you live within us. We thank you when two or three hundred gather, you're present in our midst. And we thank you that we can meet you in a powerful, striking, sensational way here at this table. We thank you, this cup is a cup of real blessing. And this, this bread is is for us um, a unifying factor, a unifying meal, the body of Christ broken for us, but, but we celebrate one body this morning. We thank you that we are saved because of your death and your resurrection, because of your blood shed for us and your body broken for us, but we thank you that as we remember you, it's not just your death and your resurrection, but it's the fact you came and lived, the fact you, uh, you commissioned us, the fact you ascended into heaven and are Lord of all, the fact that you're interceding for us, and we also remember you're coming again. We want to live our lives ready for your return. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.